0: Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something that it's like. Next time we watch something I like, but I can't believe you made me watch. You made me watch I Love Trouble. What are your thoughts? What do you think my thoughts are? <laughs> because I always make a point of not telling you until we start recording.
1: I think you have medium feelings about it. You didn't hate it. You didn't love it. I
0: actually liked it quite a bit. Did you really? I did. I really oh, wow. did. wow. It is kind of a critically panned movie.
1: Yes, it is. Because the two stars of it, Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts, fucking hated each other. Oh, big time. So much. And they have to basically be romantic. They're love interests of each other. Yeah.
0: And you know what's kind of creepy about that? When we were watching, I was like, what's the age difference between them? At the time of filming this, Nick Nolte was exactly twice of Julia Roberts age. Age. Oh. she was 27 and he was 54 holy shit yeah wow but two years prior he was voted like people magazine's sexiest man of the year because you know guys can be sexy in their 50s but women in hollywood cannot be in their 50s
1: <laughs> yeah apparently she's yeah. like a She's like a new, like new on the scene reporter in Chicago. And he's like the old big star newspaper columnist who's just released a book and he's this big hot shot. And
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So they... Play reporters for competing newspapers in Chicago who essentially uncover a conspiracy with a chemical company that has developed like a genetically modified hormone or something that they would give to cows that would help increase milk production by making the cows um, ready to create milk mm-hmm. much sooner. But the chemical company is trying to cover up that that additive has been known to cause cancer they're trying to cover that up in an effort to move forward with it and make themselves a lot of money basically yep and it all starts with a train accident where there is a guy getting on a train he puts uh like a little piece of like microfiche into a pen boards the train the train derails he dies
0: by the way that guy was clark Greg. Yes,
1: Clark Gregg, who doesn't even have lines, I don't think. No, this is
0: uh, very early in his career, and, you know, he's most famous, known, uh, famously known as Agent Coulson from the MCU. Yes. But he's also, like, uh, he's a pretty accomplished Hollywood screenwriter, too. He uh, adapted Choke.
1: Yes. Yes, he did. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually saw him at Meltdown. Speak about screenwriting, yeah.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. There is a friend of Nick Nolte's, a guy named Sam,
0: yeah, played by Saul Rubinek. From uh, my favorite thing from Saul Rubinek is him in True Romance, Mm -hmm. but he's also so good in the Amazon Prime series Hunters.
1: Oh, I don't think I saw that.
0: Hunters is about a bunch of Holocaust survivors who go
1: oh, hunting I did kind of, Nazis. I didn't I didn't watch the whole series but I dipped in and out while you were watching it Yeah yeah,
0: he's married to Carol Kane in mm-hmm. Hunters, and they are such a delightful couple in it.
1: That actually where, sounds quite yeah, lovely. Yeah, we
0: usually Saul Rubinek plays kind of guys that has like a, a sinister side.
1: Yeah, like he seems like a nice guy, but he mm-hmm. has like a dark side, which is right. what happens in this. Or yeah, like in True
0: Romance, his character is basically Oliver Ford, <laughs> Oliver Stone. Yes, <laughs> And yeah, he's such a great actor.
1: He is a great actor. So he is a congresswoman's aide who is an old friend of Nick Nolte's. And you kind of find out that he is sort of the not necessarily the mastermind, but he is the go to guy to start eliminating people who may be a threat to this chemical company. Right to help you know move this hormone forward.
0: Here's another quick side note with Saul Rubinek. He was in an episode of Shit's Creek what? and Eugene Levy has a small part in this movie.
1: He does. Yes, yes. as the um the Vegas.
0: Yeah, he minister. ends up marrying Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts.
1: Yes. So Nick Nolte is actually not really a reporter anymore. He's a columnist and an author, but he gets stuck having to cover this train derailment when there's no other reporters available. They're all sick or out of town or, you know, whatever. So while he's at the scene, he sees Julia Roberts and is like,
0: yeah, she's new on the job. It's her first, fourth Fourth day day. on the job. And he's kind of like,
1: He's like, ooh. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, he is making out with a woman in a convertible who he clearly just met. And he autographs her book as he's leaving. And it's he's very smarmy and kind of gross. And mm-hmm. he's a ladies' man. He sees Julia Roberts and he's like, ooh, let me let me get some of that. And she's not interested. But then she becomes interested. Yeah. I kept thinking. Which I that, hate now.
0: Yeah. I I kept thinking that was like her playing him. But then when it turns out that it's like sincere, I was like,
1: whoa. It feels really unnatural. And at the time I didn't notice it because this came out in ninety four. Ninety four. So I'm twelve. And I loved this movie as a 12 year old rented it more than once from the video store watched all the time to the point where my parents I think also had to tell me you can't keep renting this you have to (laughs) you have to pick a different movie. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah I I love this movie and on the rewatch which I totally forgot about this movie on the rewatch I'm like it's so unnatural the romantic storyline between the two of them because Neither of them seem legitimately interested in the other, which is because they actually because they hated each other so much. Yes. I was reading that in scenes where you can't you can only see one of the actors or if you can't see either of the actors, it's their stand in.
0: Yes. Yes. They pretty much refuse to to shoot scenes
1: together. Yes. So there's a scene where like Nick Nolte is running around trying to hide from someone shooting at them. At the chemical company and you can you can't see Julia Roberts face at all. She has she's always like turned away. Mm-hmm. That's one of the scenes where like you can see Nick Nolte, but you can't see Julia Roberts face. And that's when he's working with her stand in because she oh. refused to film with him.
0: I'm going to have to rewatch this now because I didn't know that while we were watching it, but I bet it is super obvious.
1: Yeah, so I knew that information going into the rewatch. So for me, I was like, "Yep, that's a stand-in. Yep, those are stand-ins. <laughs> that's probably a stand-in. Whenever you can't see one of their faces, it's a stand-in," mm. um, which is really hilarious. And one of the things that Julia Roberts said that she didn't like about him was that he was such a macho man. And that it was gross. And I'm like, yeah, but that was his character. Like, just because he's like that in real life. I think, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think it was probably a little weird to fall in love with someone literally old enough to be your dad.
0: It was probably a little bit of ego both ways.
1: I think so, yeah. Because well, she was hot off of like...
0: Pretty Woman came out four years before this.
1: Yeah. And, she know. was she was the it girl at the time, yeah. you know? So I think she went in expecting him to be all goo goo over her, and he was like, well, I'm the sexiest man alive, why aren't you? Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I do think while Nick Nolte does come from theater and kind of fell into like tough guy roles in the 80s and stuff, he started in theater in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But I think he is notorious for being difficult to work with because <laughs> he lost four roles to Harrison Ford. Wow, he was up for Han Solo. Yep, he was very close to getting. Indiana Jones after Tom Selleck couldn't get it.
1: Oh, wow. Harrison
0: Ford actually came on very last minute for Indiana Jones.
1: That's interesting because I thought Harrison Ford was like on deck for Indiana Jones. Like he was the second one. I didn't know that. Nick Nolte was yeah, Nick also Nulty considered was in
0: there for the running. He was considered for the role of Deckard in Blade Runner. Oh, shit. And originally, I, I don't remember who first was going to do The Fugitive, but was like, I'll do The Fugitive, but only with Nick Nolte. And uh, then it became Harrison Ford. Wow. Yeah.
1: His career has taken a bit of a dive. Oh, yeah.
0: I guess Catherine Hepburn used to say of him, you've fallen down drunk in every gutter in town. And he responded, no, there's still a few I haven't fallen down drunk in yet. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. This does have a lot of little nods to previous episodes. Keith Gordon from Legend of Billy Jean Yes. Later went on to become a director, but mm-hmm. he took a one day role on yeah. this to give a script to Nick Nolte that Nick Nolte, uh, his agents passed on. Uh-huh. But when Keith Gordon gave him the script, Nick Nolte ended up doing the movie. So that's kind of a, a oh, cool point wow. for Nick Nolte. Barry Sobel, who we just saw in that Thing You Do. Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah,
0: plays a delivery person in this. Mm-hmm. And like I said in that episode, I was a huge fan of Barry Sobel's stand up. Yes, it isn't related to the podcast, but I was just watching Hacks and Mm -hmm. Jane Adams, who plays one of the people who works at the newspaper, plays uh, mom on Hacks.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, because she um, yeah, she plays Ava's mom on Hacks. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw her and I'm like, I know her. I know her from something. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, yep, that's exactly who it is.
0: Yeah. Todd Sullins uses her sometimes like she's in Happiness. Yes,
1: she is and, in Happiness.
0: Yep, yeah, She's in the Poltergeist remake. hmm Yeah. She's just one of those great indie.
1: Yeah. Like you know. indie sort of character actress. Not, you know.
0: hmm She's a, a extraneous connection <laughs> to Star Wars. Charles Martin Smith is in this movie and he was in American Graffiti.
1: Oh, Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah,
0: he's a character actor. And cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a great cast. James Reborn, who people probably know best from Homeland, but is also usually plays kind of nerdier guys, villains occasionally.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: he plays just the thin man. Who yeah, is,
1: he's just this like kind of menacing guy like you see him at the train station kind of following around Clark Gregg so you see him like following him around and he kind of you know pops up in scenes where you know something nefarious is going on so you know he's like the bad guy one of the other people who's in this that I think is criminally underused is Olympia Dukakis
0: yeah I was just going to say much less of an age difference between her and Nick Nolte
1: oh god (laughs) she plays his secretary yes um, and she's really only in a few scenes. She's she's not in it very much. But she's his sassy secretary. Yeah. She's crushing it, of course. They keep trying to outscoop one another. So they're really going for it hard on this whole train derailment thing. And um, when they discover things, they hide it from the other person. Um, and then at one point, they are both. Arriving to talk to what they believe is Clark Gregg's widow.
0: From A League of Their oh, Own. Yes, Yeah.
1: The girl who plays, I think, Marla mm. from A League of Their Own. Yeah, and
0: she's also in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. Playing Broomhild.
1: Broomhild. Yeah,
0: that's character actor Megan Kavanaugh.
1: Yes. Yes. They, they think they're meeting her at her office, which I thought was... Even at the time, I remember thinking it was weird. Like, why would she say, like, I have to work tonight. Meet me at my office. <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, why are you working in the middle of the night? Like, at an office building.
0: Right. That's
1: weird. So, they both go there. And while they're there, some guy goes after them, you know, trying to kill them. And they decide, okay, well something crazy is going on here that we don't know yet so why don't we team up and try to figure this out together in doing that they you kind of find out like they they still really are hiding things from one another mm-hmm. and then uh you know they keep going all over the united states tracking down people that they think you know can help them with the story so at one point they end up in vegas and while they're trying to hide from the thin man they run into a wedding chapel and end up getting married because they're trying to hide. That's when it really comes out that Julia Roberts is in love with Nick Nolte. And it's so like the way she pouts and is like, I'm not used to guys not liking me, <laughs> is so gross to watch now. Where I'm like, and I thought this was 100% how you act around guys. And I'm like, oh man, this informed a lot of, oh, no. <laughs> of how I acted when I was really, really young, like high school.
0: Well, luckily, it helped you fall for an older man. <laughs> it
1: did.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are moments in this. Uh, it, it's Very written cringy. by Charles Shire and Nancy Myers, who were married at the time. And mm-hmm. Nancy Myers is a great film writer. It, it kind of surprised me how um cringy this was, but you know, mm-hmm. the nineties were kind of cringy.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's a scene where they're both in a bar. Um, they're trying to get like a security badge for the chemical company so that they can snoop around and see what they can figure out. And um Nick Nolte and, and Julia Roberts are undercover <laughs> there. And they each start dancing with people like to make the other jealous. And it's so gross. Watching them, like, rub themselves all over another person, but, like, have their eyes locked on each other, it's hella gross. I
0: like to think that maybe Nancy Myers in the 90s just didn't have enough control to not include something cringy like that, Mm -hmm. that it was done by the studio. Yeah. Because in 2015, she also wrote The Intern, which is the movie about... um,
1: Oh, I think you watched well, yeah. it, but it's it's got Robert De, De Niro. De Niro and is kind of
0: like a retired guy. He's a widower and ends up taking this job in Anne Hathaway's as boss. And I don't remember anything super cringy in that. So, uh, and yeah, she also wrote the Father of the Bride trilogy.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember when you saw the intern and you said it was actually like a really sweet, great movie. I was very interested in like the conspiracy parts. Like that was really exciting. It was I liked all of I liked that through line, but anytime that they touched back on the two of them falling for each other, the sweet moments between them, like I thought it was good when they were kind of not getting along. Like when they're in the woods and, you know, they're kind of bickering with one another. Um and she hits him in the face with a tree branch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there were so many opportunities that a character could have made a good decision. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because they both end up playing hard to get with each other. Yeah. But they're both just playing hard to get with each other. Like you were saying Julia Roberts was saying, I'm not used to guys not liking me. Yeah, It would have been neat for Nick Nolte to say, you know, kind of what. I said to you when you and I started dating, if he had said, listen, I'm the seasoned vet on the scene. You're the newcomer and you're a woman. And unfortunately, the world is sexist and this can only hurt your career. Yeah. But instead, it was just like a big thing where he's just playing her so he could get her in bed. Like it it was. mm. Did you know that uh, Olympia Dukakis died?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, recently.
0: Oh, two months ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was really sad. Yeah.
0: Robert Loggia is in this as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Also dead. Yes, I know.
0: Speaking of bit, Oh, and to continue oh, the connection to previous episodes, Ricky Jay, who is in Mystery Men and has that line to Casanova Frankenstein, I'm a publicist, not a magician, which mm-hmm. is funny because he is a magician. Mm-hmm. He plays the deception or he doesn't play. He was the deception consultant. for this Oh, movie for all because, the magic tricks. Yeah, because Julia Roberts character does a lot of sleight of hand.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of charming for her character to know all these little cute magic things. And yeah,
0: it was definitely one of those that anytime she did something, it was a close-up of hands.
1: Yeah, where I you could th- tell it wasn't her.
0: Right. It would have been nice if
1: there was one that I I think she did where it was like a medium shot where she's in the office with her with her editor and she's like flipping a quarter and then she puts it in her hand and then it's gone and oh. then she puts it in his sandwich. I think that was the one, one that she did, but most of the other ones, you can't, you don't see them at all. That was cute. That was something that I liked. That They just kind of made a little thing for her. When you get to the end of the conspiracy theory and you find out, you know, like uh, it goes all the way to the top, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the Congresswoman. What's that again? She goes all the way to the top. <laughs> um, and, you know, they kind of bust the story wide open. God, I wish that could have kind of been the ending. Instead, they have this scene at the end where the two of them are like in the honeymoon suite and they are like they're in love and they're married. You know, they're going to stay married and they're just having this like sweet moment. I I don't know. It's supposed to be like a scene between the two of them where it's like, okay, they're together now. But it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. They're so stiff whenever they kiss each other. They have no chemistry. <laughs> no. Nope. The only time they have chemistry is when they're fighting with each other, where I feel like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it has to get lovey-dovey between the two of them, it's so awkward. Yeah. One of the things I was reading about this, so it was supposed to be marketed as like a romantic comedy, murder mystery kind of thing. Yeah. But when it came out that, the t- it, it made headlines, I believe, that the two co-stars really hated each other prior to the film's release. Okay. So they tried to remarket it as just a thriller mystery kind of thing. Hmm. And it ended up flopping because the way it was marketed, people were like, well, what the hell? That wasn't a thriller. That was a romantic comedy. You know, because it is. Right. So they they were trying to marketed a different way to kind of downplay the romantic element of the movie but it's like god if you're going to do that then just take it out you know
0: yeah i think part of the problem is too that you know this is in the age where a lot of movie reviews are going to happen in newspapers and the technical aspects of their jobs is so off that i don't think a lot of newspaper columnists could get past that wow they have unlimited expense accounts and they're yeah they can just travel like a sheet of paper saying here's my story here's my story and, yeah, yeah they're
1: not like they're printing just like a word document and flying first class and there's no way right that you know anyone would do that even if you're kind of a hot shot at uh at a newspaper There's limitations, so it's really not – they're playing detective, which, you know, some investigative journalists, they're investigative journalists, but these two are just staff – like, Julia Roberts is a staff writer, not – and and Nick Nolte is a columnist. Like the fact that he would be doing this like investigative reporting is when you look at what they are supposed to be, the way that they're reporting, that's not their job. It no. wouldn't be their job at all.
0: Yeah. In spite of all the issues with it, I, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit.
1: Good, I'm glad. I think
0: mostly for me it was one of those where I was really delighted to see all the different character actors in it.
1: Yeah, I think the supporting cast was was pretty fun. And like I said, I thought the, the murder mystery was the most exciting part. And honestly, I do like Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte separately. The only thing that I was like, ugh, was when... Was whenever they were being like lovey-dovey or like romantic where I was like, ew. And it could be just because I knew, like I know now how much they hated each other. I liked seeing Julia Roberts as Aaron Brockovich. I didn't like seeing her like this.
0: This is one of the few roles that Harrison Ford lost to Nick Nolte. Really? Yeah, Harrison Ford was offered it but turned it down. Do you think it would have been better with Harrison Ford?
1: I don't know because Harrison Ford doesn't really as far as i can tell he doesn't really play like smarmy like slime ball kind of generally speaking he's been like a gruff you know kind of unlikable Mm -hmm. guy before but not like sleazy i guess i've never seen him do that so i don't know oh he's played sleazy but
0: later on in his career
1: yeah like i don't know if at this point it would have been believable for audiences to see him like that. Yeah,
0: it might have been kind of jarring because this would have been coming right off of The Fugitive.
1: That's the thing is it's like he he played all these, you know, he plays a hero usually, mm-hmm. you know. And so Nick Nolte he is not a hero in this. I mean, he does a couple of heroic sort of things, but he's mostly just holding Julia Roberts' hand while they run away from bullets, you
0: yeah. know. There's a movie called Morning Glory, which is basically Diane Keaton and Harrison Ford doing a morning show together, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to this Nick Nolte role. You should watch that because okay. Harrison Ford is very good in that. Okay. And then, of course, in Why uh, What Lies Beneath, yes, he is. You know, he's
1: a monster in that. Yeah, but he's a monster in that. He's not right. like yeah.
0: in this. He's just this character. He's is just gross. Yeah.
1: yeah. So well, I he don't, does
0: start off as gross at the beginning of Regarding Henry.
1: I don't think I've ever seen that. You've never seen Regarding Henry? No, I have not.
0: Oh. It's problematic because it's, you know, basically about a guy who gets shot in the head and then becomes a good guy. Oh. So, you know, it's like. All right. <laughs> what is this saying? Like. Oh, are you married to someone who's a dick? Just shoot him in the head. Just shoot him in the head. Win-win situation. You'll either kill him or he'll turn into a good guy. Or he'll be so nice now. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it would have been better with Harrison Ford. I think that likely... I don't know if they would have gotten along better, if Julia Roberts and Harrison Ford would have gotten along any better.
0: I think if we had leads that had less of an age difference Mm -hmm. and
1: you know it could still be a an older guy but maybe like 10 years instead of or 11 or 11 (laughs) (laughs) but not like someone double her age right you know
0: not 27 years not
1: 27 years older honestly i feel like they just didn't really care if these two had chemistry or not i think casting is a lot more aware Of that sort of thing now.
0: This probably just came down to who are the two hot people in Hollywood right now. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like, yes, things are miscast periodically. But I think, generally speaking, when it comes to casting these days, directors, filmmakers are much more... They take that into consideration a lot more. Is Do these actors have chemistry together if they're going to be romantic with each other? Because I think they've learned... From experience that you can't fully fake it. You know, there's still a tension there and they don't have to be best friends, but they, you know, there should be a chemistry there. Yeah.
0: Bonnie Timmerman was the casting director of this. Mm -hmm.
1: The rest of the cast is great. It's just the two leads have no chemistry.
0: And she has some pretty
1: big hits
0: under her belt. Uh, She did cast Chud. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> but she also cast dirty dancing
1: great casting in that
0: bull durham
1: great casting in that
0: midnight run that i can't wait to show you because yeah, it's such that. a great movie mm-hmm. tequila sunrise that kurt russell i believe that's the one where kurt russell ended up getting the lead i think and Nick so. nolte did not like nick nolte also lost three roles to kurt russell he lost snake Plisskin. Oh, God. Is it McCrady and The Thing? And then I believe it's Tequila Sunrise.
1: Oh, wow. I haven't seen Tequila Sunrise in a very long time.
0: She cast Last of the Mohicans, the film version of Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... It's it's on her, you know, I think no. as much as it's as much as she handles the casting, it, it ultimately comes down to like what the studio says, you know, yeah.
0: dangerous minds that has some pretty big breakouts there. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's probably one of those things that you just couldn't tell that these people were not going to like. These people yeah. were not only not going to like each other, they were going to fucking hate each other and be pretty open about it. Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't think that's the thing you would necessarily anticipate with actors. Yeah. <laughs> I think you expect a certain amount of professionalism. I feel like, I think they both came in with egos and one from inexperience and one, you know, from being such a hotshot. I think the two of them just ended up not getting along and not being able to put their egos aside. And yeah, I, I think it, and that thing still happens in, in films, but um, you kind of hope that, They'll at least put their differences aside and and make the damn movie.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, in spite of the shortcomings of the movie, I did enjoy it.
1: Good. I'm like glad. I said, a
0: lot more than I thought I would. Good. When you offered this or one other movie, I, honestly, I was like, tell you the truth, I don't want to watch fucking either of them. But <laughs> I, I did enjoy this one. Good. This was a fun, fun watch.
1: Good, good, good. I'm glad.
0: If you've seen I Love Trouble or you know of another nightmare pairing in a movie, yes, please let us know on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And as always, thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening. We're having a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Until next week, bye. bye.
0: Should have done the whole episode as Nick Nolte. Please no. My God. Ugh.
1: No, thank you.